nobody listened. Big Ahsoka spoilers. Huh. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't even watched Ahsoka <laughs> yet. Oh, no, but you got to get on that. <laughs> Although, I don't know. We're, we're going to be covering Rebels in a couple of weeks. And uh, ideally, you'd watch Rebels first and then follow it up with Ahsoka. But uh, you don't have to wait I that long. Wait that you can long. just do it. Yep, yeah? yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, up to you. Go in fresh that way. Yeah. Well, today that's we're talking the latest and greatest Star Wars show ever made. So, <laughs> the, uh, the latest. Yeah. 1996. Yeah. It's the Shadows of the Empire. Yes, hello there, I should say. Uh, oh, hello. You're listening to Star Wars Total Rewatch. This is the podcast where we cover all of Star Wars in approximately chronological order of release, except for today, because uh, in between seasons of shows, we try to touch on other interesting topics. Yeah, I'll jump around a little bit. I'm Aaron. I'm Daniel. And we're talking about Shadows of the Empire. We are, we are. It's been a while. You wouldn't know from hearing it, but we've, we haven't recorded any for a very long time. So uh, we just finished the Clone Wars series, which took us a very long time to get through. But if somehow this is the first time you're joining us, uh, welcome. We just wrapped up one big era of, of Star Wars and we'll be starting on Rebels in a few weeks here. But here we are with 1996's multimedia extravaganza right right no movie to be seen here no everything but a movie essentially yeah first of all i think we should just set up the timeline for when this takes place because we are just coming off of clone wars um and then rebels would be pretty much chronological after clone wars yeah right? yeah more be or less between episodes three and four mm -hmm. uh, where today shadows of the empire is a in between episodes five and six a little strange time yeah which um now that i'm thinking about that it's not a huge amount of time no chronologically what's interesting going back and uh diving into this project here is we've spent so much time in the prequel era including the Clone Wars, that it's, it's, it's different. It feels different to go back. It mm -hmm. feels like you're in an earlier era of Star Wars, uh, real world Star Wars creations kind of a thing. Like this is, this is set during the original trilogy, right. but it's also made at a time when that's all there was. Yeah, like a lot of what we've been doing is the more recent stuff and revolving around prequel stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to come back to this. It's It's like nostalgic and comforting <laughs> yeah this is something that i've been thinking about with our podcast in general is since we're covering primarily like the shows and movies you know things you can watch we didn't spend much time with the original trilogy right it was the the three movies and the holiday special yeah and and then a bunch of kind of unrelated ewok stuff but right. like they didn't make shows they didn't make other spin-off movies at that time no th this is kind of the closest they got i guess mm -hmm. to something like that so it feels like uh, in terms of podcasting about it like that went by so fast and we've just been focused on prequel stuff 
Oh, yeah. But like people, of course, in real life growing up with the original Star Wars trilogy, it was like 30 years, you know, and that was what you used your imagination to create new stories. There's so many novels and games and everything that are just taking those original three movies as their launching point. And so it feels different uh, reading reading this book or experiencing this Shadows of the Empire just has a very different feeling to me. It feels like old Star Wars, yeah, which I yeah. kind of enjoy. It feels more like just uh, your classic adventure story, <laughs> nothing beyond. Like it's it's kind of is like simple and tropey, but in a in a good way. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, it doesn't have the need to tie into a hundred other things. Yeah. It's just here it is. Have fun. One question I had thinking about this project is they did everything but a movie, as we've said, but why not a movie? <laughs> well, I, I, I wonder if George Lucas had his heart set on making prequels and you just know, took a yeah. long time to get like the tech for what he wanted to do. That's true. And, and, and he wanted to get some sequels made eventually right. too, I think, but it, by the time they got around to that, it was like too late to do the original yeah, whatever yeah. the plan would have been probably a little mismanaged but how could you know at the time you know in hindsight you know and part of it is like the era we're living in now is like man if something's popular just never stop making it because i'm i'm always much. thinking like return of the jedi was 1983 like why did you stop just just <laughs> keep them going right 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 people would have kept going, going to see them yeah but then it would have gotten watered down to the well it's bad like so that's the problem potentially that we have now is is there is there maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. a little too much content it can't all be the highest quality no. that you want it to be you know i think largely they didn't make it just because that was an expense that they were never intending on that was the era of star wars books and star wars video games and star wars comics and this was all those things, but just focused around one story. Right, which I guess is similar in some ways to what they're doing with um, the High Republic stuff now. Oh, yeah, 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 right, right. Yep, they're trying to introduce a new era and toys. Anything to make new toys for kids to buy. Yeah, okay, so um, you want to you talk about our experience growing up with this? <laughs> what, what do you remember about Shadows of the Empire? <laughs> I remember being confused by what it was. <laughs> right, me too. <laughs> yeah, I remember just never quite being certain that it wasn't like a movie that I had missed somehow. Right. Because, you know, we didn't really have easy access to the internet to just look it up. What I remember is somebody gave us some Star Wars toys, and um, it was like the set of action figures. Yeah. Uh, we had a Prince Shizor figure, didn't we? Uh, like he would move his arms or something. Right. I know we had an IG-88. Uh, I know we had uh, one of the ships. Okay. And yeah, to this day, I have no idea whose ship that is. <laughs> well, I, I bet I could tell now, having looked at the, right. the comic book. Oh, it was a... Uh, IG-88's ship. Kind of like, it looks like a little scorpion or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it came with this little miniature, like, 10-page comic. Yeah. Which was all I knew about the story, which was, like, Boba Fett and IG-88 having a little space battle fighting over uh, Han Solo's carbonite frozen body. Yep. And I think those were exclusive to the toys. Yes. <laughs> I dug pretty hard online and I found like a PDF of those. Sure. So that was like, whoa, this just this, this brought me back. Yeah. I remembered reading that okay. and just feeling like, is there more to the story? Like, yeah. what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I, there's a little, like, there's the last panel is like Shizor talking to 
somebody saying like, hmm, this is very interesting. We'll see what happens in the future, or this could lead to interesting things. I don't know, dot, dot, dot. Right. The whole concept of the multimedia project is cool mm -hmm. because you're able to look at a story from different directions. But then kind of what happens is unless you are taking in like a comprehensive look at the whole thing, you are just getting a tiny bit of the story and, and you have no idea what's like when this happens or <laughs> why or where. Mm. Right. Well, that's the thing is, is the only way I was able to really take it all in now to, to podcast about it is because so much is available online. Yep. Like even if I'd wanted to take all the different multimedia aspects in, in 1996, I don't like, where would I, where would you find it all? You would, you'd have to yeah. order a copy of the CD. You'd have to right, like, right. exactly. You'd have to, you know, it was harder to get stuff. Compile it yourself. Yeah. And you'd have to know what there even is to get, mm -hmm. you know, get your bookstore to get a copy of the, the comics for you. Yeah, maybe let's just go over what there all is. Good idea. Uh, there is a novel written by Steve Perry. There is a comic adaptation. And I guess you could count a couple of little mini comics that were included with, yep. with, with action figures if you want to get real complete. Mm -hmm. um, there's a video game, N64, Nintendo 64. Yeah, and then on PC later. Okay. And there was a full orchestral soundtrack. Yeah, that's what the game used, too. Like, parts of it. Yeah. It wasn't made for the game. The game used it, because why wouldn't you? Right. But it, it was just a standalone soundtrack. But yeah, uh, so as, as a kid, I kind of thought maybe there was a movie that I just didn't see, didn't know about mm -hmm. for some reason. But uh, nope, there wasn't. There was just everything else you could imagine. Yeah. Was there anything else you missed? Toys and trading cards, the radio drama, just the narration, the audiobook version of it. Yeah, that's right. I think I had the feeling going into this that I was going to be getting the exact same story right. just told in different medium, right? Media. Right, right. But it's, it's really not. Like, the comic book even, it's an adaptation of the novel, but there's a whole bunch of stuff added in that's not in the novel. There's a lot of focus in the comics on the bounty hunters and what they're up to. Okay. Boba Fett and, and IG-88 and I think Bosk and a bunch of the others too, they all show up in that. And no, none of them are in the book at all, which surprised me. Right. You would think the book would be like the most complete story if you wanted like to know everything. Exactly. But it's, but it's they not. They kind of took different approaches intentionally. Right. I mean, the book is the most information, yeah. but it's. Yeah. There's stuff you're not going to get if you don't play the game or if you don't read the comic. And I think it was all intentional just because it got people talking, you know? I mm -hmm. think that, and, and that is kind of a fun thing about it. We were kind of young when this came out, but I could imagine being a little older and, you know, like your friends got the comics and, and you got the video game and you're like, oh, and, and, and this happens at the end and Dash is alive. What? No way. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. I've suffered through hard mode to find out. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, I could see that being pretty cool. And uh, as much as I said, like, oh, it's so hard to track stuff down prior to the internet, it's maybe more fun to experience it that way. Right. To have, like, something that you never knew about that you just suddenly discover. Yeah, and, yeah, and you the product of the time. Right. Where now it's, you just, you read the Wikipedia summary and you know everything you need to know. Why, why bother seeking the rest of it out, right? Maybe more fun to discover it more organically. Mm-hmm. This feels like the kind of thing that would have like a pinball machine or <laughs> yeah, some I wonder. other obscure stuff. See, I feel like I know because I found the list of it somewhere on somebody's right. website. Like, here's all the Shadows of the Empire stuff. 
And in some ways, it's a little disappointing to know that you've got it all. Sometimes <laughs> right, it's fun exactly. to have like the feeling that oh, there could still be something else out there <laughs> if I dig around hard enough. And you know what? Websites are not always right. There could be a pinball machine out there. Uh, if you've played it, if you've seen one, uh, write in and let us know. I swear it existed. And let us know where you found it so we can yeah. travel there and experience it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there is one. Sorry. Put that mystery to rest. So... What's it about? What is it about? Uh, I guess a summary of the plot. Basically, this Prince Shizor character is some kind of this crime lord, leader of the Black Sun. He wants to be the Emperor's right-hand man over Vader. And so he hears about Luke Skywalker being a pain in the Emperor's side and decides to hire bounty hunters to kill Luke. Right. <laughs> And then uh, Darth Vader doesn't want Luke to die. So, to, in general, yeah, there's, there's this power struggle. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, is, this is set during the time when Han Solo is, has been frozen in carbonite. Yes, so he does not appear in this story. So we get replacement Han in the form of <laughs> Dash Rendar. Another classic Star Wars character. You're using, I feel like you're using classic in quotes here, like people we've never heard of before <laughs> and we'll never see again. <laughs> yeah, well, but people who grew up in this time do remember them fondly, so. Yes, yes, and I have read that there there's um no no plans to bring them in necessarily but they they said oh sure we're always kind of bouncing ideas back and forth including characters from shadows of the empire yeah, yeah. as far as who could we maybe bring into some new star wars content i'd prefer to get kyle katarn in oh yeah, yeah. dash rendar <laughs> if we're gonna take a, right. one of these hero characters right go listen to uh dark forces 2 podcast yes that's what we had talked about yeah yeah Essentially, um, the team is trying to track down Han Solo so they can rescue him prior to when they actually rescue him in Jabba's palace. Yep. Uh, and at the same time, Vader and Shizor are dueling, sending dueling bounty hunters after Luke because Vader wants him alive and Shizor wants him dead. Right. Eventually, it all leads to what we see in Return of the Jedi. So we kind of know, sure, <laughs> you know, and to a certain degree how things turn out. It's like, here's what they were doing at the time, but none of it really went anywhere until Return of the Jedi. <laughs> well, okay. So here's, here's what I was feeling, uh, thinking back on the plot is yeah. they're spending half the story trying to track down the slave one and, and save Han, but they don't do that. Yeah. They can't do that. No, you can't do that because they have to save him and return the Jedi. <laughs> Yeah. And the other half of it is the different bounty hunting groups trying to capture Luke. Yeah. Which also doesn't happen. Right. So, like, what's... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I guess what's the point? No, I mean, it, it's an interesting story, but nothing that happens in it, like, has any impact. Like, nothing yeah. really, like, is changed after the story's yeah. done. No. They knew it couldn't affect anything that happened in the movies, so... They just kind of made it self-contained. Right. They introduced Shizor and, and all these people and they're all dead or disappeared at the end of the story. By the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was also thinking, yeah, just in the time between the original trilogy and the prequels, there wasn't that much Star Wars stuff. So fans were happy to get anything they could get. And since it revolved around the original characters mm -hmm. it was probably just really fun and nostalgic you know <laughs> well yeah that's the whole thing they uh and luke actually uh is leading a squad of bothan pilots mm -hmm. uh to get the plans which is why they can say many bothans were killed getting these plans yeah yeah 
Oh, and just setting up random stuff. They also explain in this story where Leia got her Boosh uh, bounty hunter outfit yeah, from. Yeah. And uh, Chewbacca is disguised as the Wookiee bounty hunter Snuva. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I want to talk about Prince Shizor. Yeah, I always, when I was a kid, I always thought it was Zizor. X I Z O R. Yes, but yeah. they, they tell you how to pronounce it in the books. It's Shizor. He's a feline species. Kind of lizard man, yeah. except looks more human. Well, right, right. Not like Bosk. No, no. Well, they, they got to look human because apparently they're so attractive. Uh, yeah, that's like a whole thing we can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can talk. That, about. Well, I think that's part of just the species as a whole, too. It's like that's their thing. They're pheromones. Um, so he's kind of like this smooth criminal. Yes. I was wondering like i don't think it i don't think it was the species that were like the necessarily these uh crime lords or you know kind of thing like it was just shizor that had control of the black sun it wasn't like the black sun was all the feline species you know what i mean no i don't i don't think so at least i didn't get that impression right Actually, no, it's it's not. He uh, has a meeting of, like, the different heads of the yeah. group at one point, and it's different. It's a bunch of different species. Because, like, this takes place quite, quite a few, you know, decades after Darth Maul was <laughs> in charge of the Black Sun. Yeah. So I was like, how does this make any sense? Well, again, this is something created before Darth Maul or any of it that was, was created. Yeah. So, so was I'm not sure you can really fit it into the timeline that way. Uh, I mean, it kind of works. Well, they've brought the Phalene species into the Clone Wars. Yeah, in the Clone Wars, they chop off the heads of all those guys, and they were all Phalene. Mm -hmm. So I think that the Phalene, as a species, just had ties to that crime syndicate. And, you know, they rise and fall And at this point. It's conceivable that Shizor is in the organization at that point and is still working his way up the ranks, maybe. Yeah, it seems like that. Yeah, he... Oh, actually, that's... Okay, I was going to say, like, did he know Darth Maul? It's like, well, yeah, he would have. He's actually, like, 100 years old or something. It said that in the... That's right. Yeah, they did say that. Look at that. A little piece of history right there. Crazy. Yes. Um, They said that the uh, Empire had used a little section of the Phalene planet as, like, testing ground for some... I forget if it was a weapon or or, um, what it was, but somehow um, his home area of the planet was like destroyed and all of his family were were killed during that which was like a project that darth vader had authorized oh right so he kind of has personal reasons for wanting revenge on darth vader right right which he doesn't let uh public i don't think vader knows for most of the story that that even happened okay yeah i didn't really get that either i thought it was more just power hungry yeah he is but he also kind of just hates darth vader Mm mm-hmm I thought the whole rivalry between him and Vader was an interesting angle. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of what they did in, in Rogue One with um, Krennic, right? Director Krennic. Sure. Where it's like they both are trying to get a leg up on each other. Yeah, some competition. In the Emperor's favor. Yeah. Although in Rogue One, you feel like Krennic doesn't really, he's not really in the same league as Vader. He just wants to be. Where Shizor doesn't seem like maybe he should be, but... Uh, well, he's not a force user. No. So, like, in actual combat, he wouldn't stand a chance, but he's not trying to fight him. 
<laughs> directly. <laughs> right. And he knows he, he wouldn't be able to do that. No. So he's trying to get at him through all these different angles, mm-hmm. political and, and, uh, well, it's a trust thing too. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, he wants to get into that emperor's inner circle. Well, and that's part of why he wants to kill Luke too, is because he knows that Vader, I think he finds out as Vader's son. Yeah. Maybe not right away, but but he at least knows Vader doesn't want him killed. Right. He's like, Vader promised the Emperor <laughs> yeah. he would bring Luke alive to him. So he says, oh, if I get him killed, then right. Vader will look bad and maybe I can take advantage of that. And actually, yeah, he wants to, to anonymously to, you know, carry out the assassination on Luke mm-hmm. just to make Vader look bad. It's it's crazy. Shizor's whole way of looking at everything is like, you know, through the politics of it and the, you know, scheming and stuff. And he's not really taking the force into any kind of consideration because he doesn't have that. He said he's not a force user. He's just rich and has a lot of people working for him. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic there too. And that Vader still does kind of feel slightly threatened by him. Or at least like, I better keep an eye on this guy. He's causing a lot of trouble for me. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, it, I think it's interesting that Vader lasted as long as he did, considering how quickly Palpatine overturned his quote-unquote apprentices. <laughs> That's true. And I think he would have done away with Vader if they had turned Luke to the dark side, you know? Mm, yeah, no, that's that's a good point, actually. Right, so he's not um, indispensable. Right, oh, no. And I maybe think, he knows that. And I think that was always intentional for Palpatine, yeah. you know? Keep him on edge, because then they'd be less likely to overthrow him. Well, yeah, and he dislikes doing that, too. Yeah, like, yeah. And you can see him in the story playing these two off of each other, right. too, even if he has no intention of... He's not trying to get rid of Vader here, but he just likes to see what they'll do to each other. Yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah, yeah, that was something and that was very clear in the the book was that it wasn't like Palpatine didn't like Caesar. Mm-hmm. He was t- he was definitely taking him into some confidence. And I think mostly just to make Darth Vader mad and jealous. Like, you know? It kind of seemed like <laughs> it. it. Yeah, he just like got a that. kick out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. That's the Palpatine we all know. It is, it is. Yeah. Keep your subordinates in fighting all the time, and then they're not fighting you. They're not teaming up to fight you. Oh man, yeah, you know what? That's true. So he's he knows what he's doing. It's uh, yeah. calculated as well. But they talked about Shizor thinking that he could maybe take Vader's place as like second in command of the galaxy and stuff. And I thought he doesn't understand anything about what the real like relationship is between those two. Right. Like he's really kind of naive about the force or the the Jedi Sith kind of thing. It's just a position of power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all he sees of it. And I I think we've talked about that before where it's like, did, did people realize that Palpatine was this Sith Lord and it's like I don't know if people had any idea <laughs> what that even meant. Right. He's just like the guy uh, who took over everything. He's in charge. Yeah, yeah. And we see that in A New Hope, you know, how like the the other Imperial officers are also skeptical of Darth Vader's force powers. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he like he chokes them often enough. You think they'd, they'd uh, yeah, but even, but even, even that, that, they're probably like, like tricks, oh, what? Yeah. That's like some tri- yeah, sure, the trick you can do, whatever. Right. We, you know, there's aliens who can do stuff, yeah, which is true in some ways, but uh, but that they were all kind of being manipulated by Palpatine mm-hmm. way beyond what they realized. 
Right, yeah. So there, there is that, that whole dynamic which we see so clearly because that's what the movies focus on, but the average person living in the galaxy and even somebody apparently like Shizor who is close to these people in power doesn't really know who they are. Mm-hmm. They give a lot of these characters internal thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. and Jizor is always saying how he's kind of got this reptilian ancestry, he's cold-blooded, so he can, he's not letting his passion get the better of him like most of these other people around him. Oh, no, I said he's a cool customer. He can afford to wait and play the long game mm-hmm. to get what he wants, whereas Vader is always letting his temper get the better of him. And, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're opposites in some ways. Right, right. Well, the book specifically gives you a lot of Vader's internal thoughts about things as well which, from what I understand, was kind of new thing in Star Wars. You ha- they hadn't seen much of that before. Because, again, this is before we'd seen anything of Anakin. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. That was interesting just to get a sense of what he's feeling about some of the events, how he's feeling about Luke, how he's feeling about his connection to the Force and the dark side and everything. Yeah, yeah. And they tried to kind of, I think, set up a little bit of his turn back to the good side. Uh, not necessarily by him doing anything good, but just showing a little of maybe his like uh, frustration with some of what's going on. I think he, he doesn't feel like the emperor is maybe going about things the right way. He's kind of keeps feeling like I should be able to do more with this, with the force that I'm not quite able to do. Sure. He tried to say to, um, there's a couple of scenes with Vader trying to heal himself using the force. Oh. Which is an interesting idea. They said he was able to like do it temporarily or briefly. He can he can get like his lungs and stuff working again, but he is not able to hold it there long enough to like go, you know, leave his his chamber or anything. They said that's part of what he's doing in his little chamber there is practicing that, trying to hmm. hoping that eventually he'd he'd master that enough that he could kind of be his full self again. Very interesting. Um, and we should also talk about Dash Rendar because yeah, what a cool guy he is. <laughs> yeah, I he's kind know. of replacement Han Solo. <laughs> I, I do think Star Wars gets stuck on their character archetypes from the original trilogy, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, we gotta have the swashbuckling Han Solo character. It's like, right, and you gotta have a bounty hunter, and you gotta have. Or there's <laughs> right. so many different things you could have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, or yeah. you could just make up a new interesting character. Right. So I did play the game and I was like, well, we could do a whole summary of the game, except we already kind of gave a summary because it's the whole shadows, you know, all the same story. Mm -hmm. So we definitely don't have to go into details on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And actually in a lot of ways, I thought it was kind of lacking in story because it only follows Dash Rendar. You only play as him. So you're only ever seeing the things that he's seeing. So there's a lot of stuff like Luke is doing other things. Leia and Lando and Chewie are doing other things. And it's like, you see none of that. (laughs) It's just Dash Rendar, the game. (laughs) Right. You know, I guess I had, I had known that, that he was kind of the guy you were following, but Mm -hmm. like, you're not going to get much of the plot. It's very brief. There's some cutscenes that are just all exposition (laughs) and they still don't really make any sense without context. The game actually starts out on Hoth. I don't think that was in the book at all. Like during the Empire Strikes Back? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he was involved in that battle. You know uh, what? When they introduce him, Luke says like, oh, I, I heard about you. You were part of the Battle of Hoth. You're a pretty good pilot. There you go. See, that's just the reference. And then in the game, you get to play it. So you could you could like uh, insert any part, anytime he's not around during the novel, you could just go and play that level and like, okay, here's what he was doing during that time or something. Pretty okay. much. Right, right. 
But uh, yeah, Dash Rendar is just a mercenary for hire. And so the rebels hired him. (laughs) I mean, it's a Han Solo again. He's got his own ship called the Outrider. It's pretty cool. Uh, He also has his sidekick droid called Lebo. But yeah, he flew his ship to Hoth and then hopped in a snowspeeder and (laughs) took out some (laughs) AT-ATs. Nice. The big hero. It's just an excuse for another level. I feel like the Battle of Hoth has been done hundreds of times in video game form. But I had read that, um, I don't know, but people were saying they, that the Battle of Hoth level was pretty groundbreaking at the time in 96. Yeah, okay. It might have been the first time that that had been done. It felt so much like just playing Battlefront 1. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, he's flying around. Then the, then the rest of the game proceeds to be mostly just him running around and shooting stuff, right? There's a few other, yeah, there's a few other flying levels too. Oh, there are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, Dash goes to Tatooine where Luke was hiding out, saves him from some bounty hunters mm-hmm. on swoop bikes. So there's a whole swoop bike race level. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then he goes and gets the Death Star 2 plans. <laughs> from some uh imperial ship in the game i was confused because it's like okay we're trying to get the death star plans but then it's like no we have to get this super computer and i'm like well what's that like well the plans were in the computer apparently that's the only reason yeah it's i've never heard of a super computer reference in star wars well again uh you can tell this is the 90s there's a few different references to people's computers doing things and they're like trying to you know hack into the code to like get the plans figured out or something i don't know it's just kind of these silly things (laughs) so he goes to this junkyard planet he's chasing ig88 oh okay the planet is Ord Mantell. Oh, really? Kind of fun. Hmm. Yeah, that is a um, familiar name. Um, and you fight IG-88. That's the big boss fight of that level, anyway. Hmm. You blow him up, which I, I don't know. What? <laughs> Maybe IG-88 survives. He's a droid, so I could see him being repaired. But do you blow him to bits in the, <laughs> in the game? Huh. Okay, all right. Never, never to be heard from again. All right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you're you're trying to track down what happened to Han Solo. That's why they're like following these bounty hunters to get any information. He learns from IG-88 that Boba Fett went to the Czar system. Then they go to Prince Shizor's space station that's like orbiting above Coruscant. Uh, eventually they wind up in his palace on the surface. That's right. Leia and Chewie first go to... Shizor's place and get captured, you know, or, you know, they go there willingly because they're trying to find out information. They said he, they could talk to him, you know, he could give him information about. He gets seduced. Yeah, well, and then that happens, then he doesn't want to let him leave, you know, and then <laughs> because he's using them as bait for Luke to come and rescue them. Uh, and then in the game, there's this whole part with Dash Rendar going through the sewer systems of Shizor's palace. Yeah, well, they do that. That's how they get in. That's how they end up escaping, yeah. So the game does that too. Yeah. Yeah, and then they, they wind up uh, rescuing everybody and and blowing the palace sky high and and i think that's the point where maybe shizor escapes to his sky hook and that's when all all that happens afterward right 
the sky hook. Yeah, what is a sky hook? Just a station? I guess it's like yeah, some kind of or like a launching. Yeah, like a way to dock your ships in the orbit and stuff. So yeah, they go there with a bunch of rebels and just blow that station out of the sky, which I thought is kind of insane considering Coruscant is like the center of Imperial space. At this time? Yeah, period? right. How do they get a whole team of How rebels they do that? there? Yeah, and, <laughs> and survive. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a scene of Luke and Leia, and they're like, man, too bad Dash Rendar died in the explosion. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> and then after the credits roll, the game says, mm, play it through on hard mode to get a secret ending. Okay. <laughs> And I was like, no way I'm doing that. Like, that game is like so old and the controls are terrible. Like, <laughs> I just looked it up okay. and it shows uh, Dash and his droid Lebo and they're flying away like, haha, what a great escape we made. <laughs> like faked his death? What? <laughs> yeah, he <Why>? did. <laughs> For no reason at all. And never tells anybody, yeah. And that's only, like, the secret, like, ending? You don't even get that? I mean, that's the canon ending. But No, uh, it is. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But no, <laughs> no the book doesn't sense. tell you. No, no. I had, I, I heard, or I'd, I'd seen somewhere that, like, yeah, yeah, he, like, escaped somehow. Right. And so I thought that was going to happen in the book, but it, it doesn't. He just It just ends with, like, oh, yeah, too bad about Dash, huh? Right. And then they, like, go off and do other stuff. <laughs> and you never... So the only way you know he survives is because of like a secret cut scene in like hard mode of the yeah, game. Huh? Yeah. Let me see, let me hear what he actually says at the end. Well, as much fun as that was, I don't see us joining the ranks of that crazy rebellion. Too dangerous and too much money to be made elsewhere, my friend. I don't know. <laughs> Just escapes into well, uh, if you want to take those comics as anything to eventually team up with robot guri and have adventures well escapes into obscurity in star wars lore there he goes yes there you go yeah caesar's assassin guri apparently survives and is in some other story yeah caesar's assassin yeah who is a human replica droid something totally unique an android it is an android yeah well we haven't seen anything like that really no no i think we had talked about that one time during some clone wars episode maybe but just yeah the idea of androids in the star wars i don't know any other ones (laughs) except for this one yeah no me neither I, i can't think of any i don't know why except maybe it's just a weird thing people don't like it you know <laughs> i don't I, i'm sure it's fully possible in star wars technology well and and here it is yeah yeah and they say that she's you know they're very hard to come by there's only a few of really them. really expensive too yeah yeah yes exactly a little outside of the norm for star wars the the whole like thing with Shizor, he's just He's just a weird guy in general. So He's a very weird guy. He, he can have a weird humanoid uh, droid right. who looks like a human female for no reason. Because she's so attractive. That's well, yes, of course. There's a, there's some kind of, I don't know, an awkward kind of uh, side to some of this, the, the descriptions of some of these characters, like Shizor and right. and, and, and The other part is there's a section where Princess Leia goes to see... She's or and because of his pheromones, 
she just can't resist right. how attractive tries to seduce her oh yeah which um is not well that's how they put it but i mean it's worse than that because essentially he's like drugging her <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's all the casual sexism of the 90s right? it's real oh, i know i know i kept thinking like during that part this wouldn't fly today <laughs> uh, we laugh but uh not cool. <laughs> not cool no, it's guys. not. I'm I'm not laughing. I mean, I'm laughing yeah. that it was that they put that in there at all. Like, yeah, we thought yeah. this was a good idea. Yeah. Oh man, it's weird. I'm not sure what that's even for. Except, except, I guess they were like, I mean, if there's nothing sexy in your book, who's going to yeah. want to read that? Yeah. So. Oh, I mean, who doesn't love the super sexy assassin droid, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess we that's happened. There's plenty of movies with stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I actually like the character of Guri just because it is something very unique to Star Wars. And then we were talking a little bit about how there's a comic where she teams up with Dash Rendar and they find some way to reprogram her so she's right. not an assassin anymore. It's like, that's a cool character development. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't really go much further than that uh, from what I was able to yeah. find. But uh yeah, it, it's like, it feels like, oh, there could be more of her story. You know, what does she do after that? Mm -hmm. She decides she doesn't want to be an assassin anymore. Yeah, all kinds of adventures those guys might have. I don't know. So, um, yeah, it was fun to dive into this. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cool idea for a project to do yeah. it in all these different formats. Um, I think the question that remains to be asked, though, is, <laughs> was it any good? <laughs> what did you think of it, I guess, I as know. a story? Right, right. I I think it's kind of bad, <laughs> but but like considering yeah all these different puzzle pieces that they all fit together, it's it's a it's a pretty cool project worth checking out just for like the the whole history of Star Wars and Star Wars in the nineties. Yeah. I'm glad I checked it out because I had toys of this when I was a kid and never right. knew what they right. were, what it was about. And <laughs> what now we know. Yeah. I feel like I filled the gap of Star now Wars. Oh, yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, it's been a, lo a long, maybe a long conversation about this, but thanks for joining us. So thanks for listening. Yes. Glad you're here. I hope you were informed. Uh, as always, uh, you know, subscribe to the show. You can find us on Twitter or whatever it's called now can email us at totalrewatch at gmail.com. Yeah, what's that again? Totalrewatch at gmail.com. Yep, okay. In, ca in case you want to email me. And you should be Daniel, getting an, you can, yep, you should be getting one pretty soon. Oh, from you? Pretty soon. All right, thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll email you back. Yeah. But but the rest of you should send stuff in, too. Mm -hmm. that'll, be, that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll be back again soon with... Um, Rebels, season one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm very much looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. New stuff. All right, we'll see you there. See ya.